Johnny, these beers are very good. They are. We had some killer beers on the show this week. I can't wait for you guys to listen and hear our reviews. If you, listening at home, would like to drink along with us, you can go down to Spike's Bottle Shop and get these amazing beers because they are available there now. That's right. Spike's Bottle Shop is right here in Chico, California at 1270 East First Avenue. And for our listeners, we have a special deal worked out with the bottle shop. And that is if you go down, pick out anything you want, say the password FHC at checkout, you get 10% off. Anything at all. So go down to Spikes, get those beers or whatever you're craving, use a discount, and enjoy. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome one, welcome all, once again to Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast about film and craft beer. My name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers, and together we are your favorite podcast. Indeed. Thanks for tuning in. We have a fun episode planned for you. Uh, Johnny and I haven't seen each other for a little while, so this is going to be a fun catch-up. But you didn't need to know that because that's not how time works on your episode feeds. You know what? It matters to me. Yeah, we're about honesty here. Yeah, we're a transparent podcast. Yes. If you've never listened before, our show is structured into three parts. Um, first, we usually talk about ourselves and our first beer, and then we talk about our movie in our second segment, uh, spoiler free for the entire time until we get to our third segment that Johnny has called the danger zone. Danger zone. That's where we cover the movie. Like we've all just come out of the theater and we're talking about it in a group of friends drinking a beer. Uh, so if you're avoiding spoilers in this case for the shape of water, uh, you're fine until the third segment. So you've been warned. We do highly recommend you see the movie, come back and finish the podcast afterwards. Yes. But in the meantime. In the meantime, we've got beer, and we've got discussions to discuss. Yeah. All kinds of fun things happening. What's going on in your world besides pure chaos? Right. So sometimes we record these episodes in advance, and we try not to uh, put too many like time implications in them. Oh, yeah. We're doing that right now. Yeah, but my life is too hectic to avoid that. So Because oh, yeah. I have to talk about what's going on, and it's going to be all out of order, because I'm not sure when we're releasing this one, but it might be after the fact. We're at the end of January right now. Should we just tell everyone day it is we're recording it? Sure. Today's yeah. the 30th. Yeah. Um, I'm leaving on tour on Thursday, which is in two days on the 1st. Um, in the past couple of weeks, my car has broken down. Um, I've re-gotten sick from the bronchitis I had last uh, last month. And in general, life is just a little bit crazy. You're juggling. Juggling. You're juggling. Yeah. Um, I celebrated the end of sober January about two weeks ago, which was fun. Yeah. Um, so mid-January? Yeah. All yeah. right. It's not the end of January. It's the end of sober January. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's what my life has been like. I've been drinking a lot of coffee lately, sending emails and trying to drink a lot of water and just take my allergy pills on time so that my cats stop uh, making my immune system break. You remind me of one of those memes that's like being an adult is about like trying to maintain a social life, hold down a job, drink enough water, mm-hmm. get enough sleep, and work out. Right. Just pick one. Just pick yeah, one. Yeah. One thing. No, you're supposed to do them all. Right. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So it's it's always fun being a grown up. Yeah, is it though? No, no, it's really not. I just uh, I had a little bit of of debt from something too that I bought a while back for music. I just paid all that. I've, I'm like debt free right now too, which is nice. But we're going into buying. I'm buying a car, which yeah. is I'm doing. Uh, I don't know how much I should say about this. But I'm paying it off straight away. It's a used car. Um, but then we're hoping to buy a house, which is not going to be paid off in full. Obviously, yeah. Uh, hopefully, when I get back from tour in the next couple months. Nice, but Stressful. that's that's debt that's like. You're supposed to have. Yeah. Like, right. We're gonna, you can have a, yeah, a yeah. house payment. Cause like, that's why you build credit your whole life is right. to buy a house. Yes. After that, do you really need to build credit right. anymore? Yeah. Like, you've done the thing yeah. that's like the life goal right. for being in debt. And then you're just like, oh, now I'll buy a yacht. Yeah. I don't exactly. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is, you know, once I buy a house, I'm going to invest in a whole sled dog team. There you go. Yeah. That's my. Yeah. Goal. Like in Snow Dogs. Yeah. With but, Cuba uh, Gooding Jr. Exactly. He was a dentist that. in that movie, if I'm was not he? mistaken. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. I haven't seen that movie in forever, I don't think. <laughs> but yeah, Overland, dog sled team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, there's going to be wheels involved. It's going to yeah. be manic. I just realized I'm drinking kind of a noisy beverage. Yeah, it's iced oh, coffee. We have iced coffee and the, the ice is in the glass and I'm we're not using straws. So We're using we're drinking spritzers. Here guys. we are, yeah. No, this coffee is going to be what makes these next two episodes happen. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah we're, we're doubling up today. We're double pre-recording. Yeah, yeah. So it's a nice double dip into the past. Yeesh. Coming let's, at uh, you. Let's talk about... Well, I was going to say we talk about the beer, but, and then get to you. But if you want to talk about you first, we totally can. Cause I am good on my news. I don't remember what I did this weekend. Sweet. Uh, oh, 
Yeah, had a fun bottle share on Friday. Sweet. Oh, you did you. invite me. Yeah. I was doing something. Yeah, I figured your life is in shambles right now. Yeah. That's fine. More or less. Yeah, give or take. Mm -hmm. Glorious chaos. Mm -hmm. No, and finally met my buddy's lady that he's been dating intercontinentally. Wow. Uh, she lives in Wales. Cool. So she's stateside and finally got to meet her. Is she American? No. And she's just no, been living she's there? she's from okay. Wales. Yeah, okay. Yeah. They met in Germany, I think. A really neat story. They mm -hmm. met at like a dive beer bar in Germany and hit it off. And they actually went to like music festivals over in France and stuff. They're kind of globe travelers. That's great. It was really cool finally meeting her. She's sent over beers for me from the UK quite a bit. So it was really cool. Finally was any good? Her. Yeah. I guess it depends where you get them. No, she sent, she's the one that got us the Westie 12. Cool. That we did yeah, on the show great. that we loved. Yep. And uh yeah, just brought us some really cool. She actually brought us a beer for the show that we're going to be doing for uh, our return when we sit back down and record. Very exciting. Yeah, end of February. Cool. So that was my weekend, and then, dude, it was so nice out. It's been in like the seventies. Yeah, did, it's yeah. I did an insane amount of yard work. Oh yeah. When you buy a house, <clears throat> yes, don't ever plant a palm tree. Oh yeah. Why? They grow insanely fast. Mm -hmm. They will try and kill you. Oh, yeah. Like when you cut them down, like they're just saw blades. Yeah, it's like saw a, blades yeah. coming at you. Like mm -hmm. uh, just blood everywhere. Also, the, the yard waste landfills don't take the, the, the palm fronds. You have to take them to the dump. Did you say palm frond? Yeah. That's a fun word. I remember I missed the days when we made code words for our, for our spikes discount because that would have been the code word of the week. Uh, Kevin said we should bring palm that back. Oh, really? Yeah. Of course, there's no way to do that now because we're pre-recording. -pre that's true. He was, oh, that's a good point. He was suggesting we do uh, one of the month. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. That's actually more logical. But how does he know we're not doing that now? I don't know. I know. I, I, see, nobody ever used it before. And now that's, he's like, that's, yeah. Now he's like, there's people coming in using the code. You should change it. What? I'm like, I'm confused. I'm not a great business person, but I feel like if feel it ain't like, broke. <laughs> I feel like it's working. Right. Maybe he thinks that it's people that aren't listening to the podcast that Maybe. just heard about it. But how would they hear about it? Right. That's, I'm fine with it. I think it's working. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll discuss it. this when you come back. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Other we better lead off the show with the Spikes advertisement now that we've talked about this. Probably. Remind me to do that when we go back in. All right. <laughs> yeah, but that's all I've been up to, man. Cool. Just enjoying the outside and uh, cleaning up the yard a bit, getting ready for barbecue season. Oh, yeah. Just because it's, it's late winter, but it's starting to feel like early spring. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm also ready to drink some beer. Yeah, what are we doing? We are doing a beer called Finder. This is a really cool thing. It's a New England IPA mm -hmm. from New England. Oh. Yeah. This beer was brewed in Portland, Maine. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So, super excited to actually have a, a New England. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had we've done Treehouse on the show. We've done a couple of Treehouse. A couple of we just done I Julius. we've done two. Yeah, I think, I think we've done two. I think we had one donated. Um, and then we've done, I think, have we done a Trillium? No, we've never done Trillium. Okay. That would be fun. I can get some. Yeah. I'll make it Sweet. Go. But yeah, so this is a fun beer. This is actually from Shipyard Brewing Company, Great. which I didn't even know they were still making beer. Uh, they're coming out with a New England IPA in a 16-ounce can, which is industry standard these days. It's described on their website as juicy, smooth, and hazy. This is clocking in at 55 IBUs, 7% ABV. Let's see what the description says. Finder is the result of our ongoing search for new and innovative ways to brew the most flavorful styles of beer. This mouth-watering New England style has a creamy mouthfeel. The Citra Mosaic and Eldorado hops create a drinkable, juicy ale with flavors of grapefruit, orange peel, and lemongrass. Finder finishes with a slight bitterness that notes of tropical sweetness. And then they say you found your favorite, your new favorite IPA. All right. Which, we'll see. Calm down. Just yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, let's take a deep breath there, Shipyard. Telling me what my favorite beer is. Uh, I grabbed it because, one, it is actually from the region mm -hmm. which the style originates, and also the label's cool. It is cool. I was going to say, it reminds you, did you ever see those Red Lion energy drinks? Yeah. They're like used to drink those super all the time. energy drinks. Yeah. Like, don't sell them to you if you're under 18. Yeah, they're like lethal. There's like th right. just an insane amount. You're government warnings to drink like half the bottle yeah i guess maybe i had my color scheme inverted on yeah. the computer here but they i thought they were blue but they are red they used to be blue oh, there's a blue one no they used to be blue that's what it reminds me of yeah i i feel good about that that could basically say red line sure same than the up the yeah, vertical the vertical or, lettering would that be horizontal no that's vertical but it's it's like diagonal. but di you have to be horizontal to read it diagonally basically diagonally started watching harry potter again recently diagonally after we talk about this beer, let's talk about other movies we've seen this week. Oh, yeah. We just spend the whole episode talking about that. I'm down. 
But and then I have a different thing for what's got me hot for next episode. Sweet. Or whatever I, like, we, I like that better. What's got me hot? What's got you hot and bothered? Yeah. Um, you've never had this beer, right? I have not. Cool. It, it pours a wheat golden, uh, goldeny-ish. Yeah. Kind of like a muddy gold. Yeah, the lighting's all off in here right now. I went to buy new light bulbs, and then I realized that I've never replaced these um, bulbs before because we haven't lived here that long. Yeah. And, but they're like the little ones. Oh, they which, don't have to be the little ones. Well, they are. Okay. Oh, no, they, they I don't know. Oh, because the base is small. Right, it's like a tiny little, and so I didn't buy those. Um, so anyways, this I don't know exactly what color this is. If I turn it towards the window, it's a little bit more yellow, but it's kind of an orangey hue in here right now. Yeah, it's hard to say. Our lighting's off. This beer's super bitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not prepared for that. I, I know you. Either. I know you dig it. I, I don't know, man. Really? It's good. No, it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, just the bitterness, especially. You, yeah. You've always talked about how you how you like ones that aren't just juice bombs. They have that hot presence. Yeah. I think this one kind of goes a little bit the other way, though. It doesn't have much mm-hmm. juiciness at all. Hmm. Maybe we needed to shake the can up or something. There's a lot of grapefruity kind of taste in here. Definitely. A lot of like grapefruit. And like underripe citrus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pithiness for sure. Yeah. It's it's interesting, but it it drinks more like a West Coast single IPA yeah, than a New England style juicy IPA. Yeah. That's a... Uh, it's something. Um, I don't know that I love it. Hmm. No, that's like like eating uh, a ruby red grapefruit with no sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Which, exactly what it tastes like. You don't do that unless you're just a savage. Right. Yes. That's gross. So this is a very bitter beer. Yeah. But hop heads, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's not even, I mean, I guess I know that is hoppiness that's given it that, but it's not even like a danky hop. It's just a straight up bitter. It's like a citrus bitterness. Yeah. It's definitely not. What I would consider a hobby bitterness, not by any stretch of the imagination. Is this like the most bitter finishing beer you've ever had, or am I just freaking out for some reason? It's it really lingers on the back of your your mouth. Yeah, I mean it's really there, right? Yeah, no, it's back of the tongue kind of thing. Yeah, I can still taste it on the back of my tongue, and my whole mouth just tastes like I was just eating the skin of an orange. Yeah, or a lemon. This beer is kind of becoming unpleasant. Five point five. I'm going there. Yeah? Yeah, 5.5 five for me. That's low for you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's even going to get that high for me. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if this was supposed to be orange juice, this orange juice went bad. Yeah. Um, I'm not getting any of the, the tropical notes. Mm-mm, I'm not either. getting anything floral, anything juicy. Uh, and I'm just getting uh, an overwhelming bitter finish. Yeah. Really dry and really... Mm-hmm. Astringently, not enjoyably bitter. Yeah, this is only about a month old too. It was canned on December twenty second of last year, so quite fresh. But yeah. I'm firm, I'm, firm three. Oh yeah, this is a fresh hop. Thumbs down Damn. for me. All right, uh, I do not like this beer. Yeah, I you know that's cool. Uh, this is available in Chico. Yeah, get it at Spikes again. This yeah, this is Shipyard Finder IPA. <laughs> get this beer I just reviewed horribly at Spikes. Yeah, like get it if you you might like it. Hey, if, if you like it, let us know. You know what? Why don't you drink it, love it, and then we can get together and kick dirt on each other's feet that while we argue great. about it. Yeah, but seriously, guys, go try this out. How much was this roughly? I don't remember. Okay, affordable yeah. though in a single. Yeah, singles. I mean, it was like five, six bucks. Something cool. Like that. That's too high for now. What I've had, but you well, know. yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. But I yeah, we, we like hearing feedback. You guys know where to find us. If you want, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook at Fresh Hop Cinema. Uh, we love to hear from you. It makes our lives between episodes very fun. Yes. I want to put something out right at the top of the episode. Do we have time? Yeah, Before we for go sure. to a break? Yeah. Um, we put out an idea to do a throwback movie. Ah, thank you for this. That we asked for suggestions mm-hmm. and emails. Uh, and I want to give a big shout out to mm-hmm. Jared Schmidt. Email man. He won. Yep. Also, I love you, Jared, but we're not doing that now. Not yet. We're, we're going to put that <laughs> yeah. on the back burner just a little bit. And here's why. There were two movies that are both nominated for Best Picture that we really, really wanted to see that we weren't sure were going to be in our market. So at the time that we proposed this idea for suggestions, we really didn't have movies that we were crazy about in the theater to review on the show. So we reached out. That's what we like to do. And when we mm-hmm. need content, we say, hey, guys, what do you want to hear us talk about? Um, and we are going to do a couple of the ideas that he suggested yep. because he's the baller mother effer that yep. emailed us. Good for him. I love it using the email. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Shape of Water came into our area Yeah. like the week after we posted that. Yes. Almost days, I think. It was like the next day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, we can't do that. Yeah. We, and we've both been waiting for Shape of Water for several months. And it's been out in, uh, in 
what do you call it? Not wide release. The uh, opposite of that. Like select markets. Yeah. There's a phrase. I don't know. I can't think of it, but yeah, it's been out since early December. Yeah. Um, just not here. So we just thought maybe it's never going to make it to Gico. Yeah. So, and you know. so that one, and then what next week's episode. Yeah, probably also came out. And so we wanted to see those and mm-hmm. those just kind of took priority because we're going into Oscar season uh, it's kind of important for me, at least, to just try and knock out as many of the Best Picture nominees as I can. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about yeah, that. Yeah, I like getting on the same page. Yeah. So, disclaimer. Limited release. It's called limited release. I don't know how I can Why think of Why couldn't you think? I don't know. I was like, selective release isn't right. We're having selective thinking yes. about your limited release. Right. So, on that note, big shout out to Jared. Yeah. Thank you for the support and the email. We will be getting to some of those suggestions just around the bend. Yes. Also, on Jared's list was Boondock Saints, which I happened to watch this week anyways. Mm. Maybe he planted that seed in my mind when I read the email. Maybe that'll be a bonus 10 spot could be for fun. our Patreon folks. Yeah, that and Snow Dogs. Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Are we good on this beer? We are, but this beer's not good, but I'm good, good on the beer. Yeah. Yeah, I would recommend Pabst Blue Ribbon if you're thinking about buying this beer. All right. Fair enough. Bang, bang for buck and taste for... Bang, bang. Yeah. Uh, I'm not glad I found this beer, even though it does say finder. It's been a while since we've had... That was funny. I did it again. It was funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's been a while since we had a stinker, <laughs> so this is good. Yeah, no, we, it, it really has. And I think maybe the last episode we did, one of our highest rated across the board. Yeah, I think so. The the, the post episode was, I think overall, if you combined our movie scores and our beer scores, mm-hmm. maybe the highest rated episode. We have a list we could check. We should reference that. We'll check that on the break and get back to you. In the meantime, we're going to jump to a short break and we'll be right back with The Shape of Water. I feel like we don't do this enough. I wanted to take a minute to thank all of our patrons on Patreon. And in case you're listening and you don't know what I'm talking about, Johnny, please tell them. Yeah, those are the people that help make this show happen each and every single week because they contribute to us in a very, sometimes minuscule, sometimes moderate, sometimes... But always meaningful. Monetary way. Yeah, right. Yeah. So basically, Patreon is a way for you to help fund this this show. Yep, uh, and we give you some fun stuff back. You can come to fun events of ours. You can help us pick out which movies and beers we talk about sometimes. Uh, we have movie nights. We have beer nights. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So for as little as a dollar per episode, you can join that family. It's a real good time. Uh, just go down to patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. It takes like two minutes to sign up. Yeah, we operate on a tiered reward system. So a dollar an episode gets you in the door and the goodies that you get back go up from there. That's right. So go check us out on patreon.com. We'd love to have you. Is it round? Is it square? Is it a triangle? What is the shape of water? That's that's how I'm going to start off this segment. I thought we were going to record spikes. Mm-mm. That's that we're going to put that later. Oh, okay. I feel we should bring that up every time now. Like the third time, are we doing spikes yet? Is, is that uh, our Jason who? Was that? Is that our Jason who? I don't get that reference. Part time genius. Do we forget Jason? Jason who? It's at the end of every show. Oh, that's credits. right. Yeah. Yeah. I rarely listen to the end. Is that our Jason? Right. Jason who? Jason who? Yep. That is that. That's not a fun reference when you have to explain. No, it's good now. Okay. Nobody else is going to get it. Nope. It's fun for us. No, a few people have told me they've been turned on to part-time genius. It's a good, us. you know, it's yeah. a worthwhile show. So that that really is the question, though. That is the question. It's also the name of the film we're covering this week. Yeah. Will you drop some knowledge on yes. me and our kind listeners about that movie? The Shape of Water is the apparently December 2017 release uh, by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, air quotes around apparently 2017. Um, it is a fantasy drama. I would call it a fairy tale uh, that is rated R for some very intense reasons. Um, put out by Fox. It runs just under two hours. And so far, it has made almost $40 million. Uh, but we have no reference because we don't know how much it costs to make. Um, it is a very lovely to look at movie starring Sally Hawkins, Michael Shannon, Richard Jenkins, Octavia Spencer, Michael Stuhlbarg, and Doug Jones playing the amphibian man. Um, Johnny. Yes. What did you think? I thought overall it was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was very thought provoking, and it had a very Creature from the Black Lagoon vibe. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that, but I even like seeing the posters from that movie. I was like, that looks familiar. Yeah, it was kind of like a retelling of that mm. plot line almost. Uh, and that's one of like my all-time favorite horror movies. Right. I knew that. So, uh, saying that, this movie was. Very beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Uh, and some really stellar acting, in my opinion. I really enjoyed Sally Hawkins in this sure. movie. Um, Amphibian Man didn't really act very much, except for like 
thrust. It's hard to tell. Yeah, like there's a lot of yeah. body acting. Yeah, and then I don't know how much of his because there's a lot of his eyes are very intense. Yeah, I have to imagine they're CGI. Yeah, huh? maybe CGI's CGI. Um, but I'm not sure. I know Del Toro. I mean, obviously the they blink in a weird way. Yeah, that's like fish eye blinks. Yeah, just kind of. Sh- um, but I know he's kind of known for his use of practical effects. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure this was a guy in a suit. It definitely was. That um, was yeah. Doug Jones was doing that. Yeah, it's awesome. But yeah, I'm not sure about about <clears throat> the eyeball effects. I think I was going to read that guy's name, but Sorry, then it buddy. went away. Uh, what I was going to say about Doug Jones is that he was also the fawn in in um, Pan's Labyrinth. No, so he's, he, done, he's done some work with Del Toro before. He okay. was also in Hellboy. I think probably the best acting role in this movie was Michael Shannon. No, you think? Well, he acted the most, maybe. Yeah. It was either him or Sally Hawkins. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, I mean, who had the most depth of character, really? Not him. I mean, no, but he played like the crazy bad guy. They were, yeah. Let's, can we save that yeah. for a little bit later? Absolutely. Because um, I want to talk about him a bit. Okay. Um, but yeah, overall thoughts. Uh, it was a very interesting movie with a, an interesting story, and overall I, I liked it. Yeah, so so Guillermo del Toro is sort of known, especially after Pan's Labyrinth, for subverting your expectations in the traditional fairy tale type story. Um, so you often have, um, instead of like, you know, helpless damsel gets rescued by Prince Charming. Um, like in Pan's Labyrinth, it was this girl. And it explored a lot of more like traditional folklore fairy tale stuff and mm-hmm. less Disney kind of fairy tales. Yeah, which is way cooler. It's it's cooler because, in my opinion, you don't see it as much. Um, but straight from the get-go of this movie, you're, it's clear like this is not necessarily what, what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be more of like a thriller, like a like a monster thriller in a weird way. Oh, really? Um, but it's definitely like a, it's a romance. It's yeah. a love story between... Sally Hawkins character and this amphibian dude mm-hmm. thing. Um, Sally Hawkins plays a mute woman, and Octavia Spencer plays her coworker. They're both on the the cleaning staff at this they're both government the, facility. The help, the help, yeah. Uh, the facility's called Occam, by the way. I noticed that, uh, which I read into too much because like Occam's razor, it's like the simplest o- solution Occam is Occam's Island. Arkham, yeah, Occam. Uh, is it, the simplest solution is often the isn't it most likely one. Arkham's razor? No, no, it's Occam's razor. Really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the spelling is the same too. Let me double check. But it's O C C A. Okay, so we're saying the same word, just pronouncing it differently. We're yeah. Well, Arkham and Occam, right? Oh. You're saying Arkham Asylum yeah. from Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Occam's Razor is this is this philosophical idea um, of problem solving where it's like obvious, like usually the simplest solution is the most likely. Mm-hmm. So when the company was like Occam, I was like, okay, what can this mean? Like, how is this going to, I don't think I haven't drawn any conclusions from that. So maybe I was reading in too much. Maybe it's a good name for a company. Right. It makes the, you think the point is the company is, um, some type of government facility that houses things. Mm-hmm. They don't really tell you much, but you just learn that they're getting this new thing in and it's the most sensitive asset the U S government's ever controlled here and whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you have Michael Shannon's character, who's kind of the, he doesn't really work there, but he comes in with the government. He's like, I'm in charge of this project. And he's like, you're bad guy straight away, which he's is like pretty running, obvious. Running security. Yeah. And it's also just like a super power trip kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, really weird cat in this, in this movie. I jumped to the cat oh. later on. <laughs> I was like, why would you bring that up? Oh. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, let's see. Who else of note? Uh, Michael Stuhlbarg uh, plays a scientist. Uh, Dr. Robert Hofstetter. Yeah. Hofstetler? Hofstetler. Hofstetler. Yeah, Hofstetler. Um, and I don't want to talk about him too much yet either. Yeah, and then Richard Jenkins played Richard a pretty Jenkins. significant role in this movie. Mm-hmm. He was uh, Sally Hawkins. Are we using, do we agree? We're I'm using... sticking with actresses and okay. actors right now. So yeah, Richard Jenkins was Sally Hawkins' neighbor who mm-hmm. was uh, an illustrator. Mm-hmm. Most of his day spent painting. Yes, he's he's in his 70s, 60s, 70s? Probably um, 50s, 60s. He is gay? Yes, um, so you get a lot of the cast here too. Like you have Sally Hawkins, who is a mute. You have Octavia Spencer, who is black. Mm-hmm. You have a gay person. Mm-hmm. Um, there's somebody else that I remember thinking. You have an amphibian man. You have, yeah, like an outcast, like an other. Read mm-hmm. uh, into that however you want. You but might have a Russian spy. You might have a Russian spy. You never know. Um, but sort of this band of misfits yeah. that eventually go against the man. If you want to read the story that way, you totally could. Mm-hmm. Um, things that I liked about this movie. And I want to say from the get-go, not my not my top ten favorite movies this year. Yeah. Not even well last year I guess. Probably not. It's not it's not a movie that I loved. Okay. I liked it fine. I liked it more than I would like a traditional fairy tale. I will give you that. Okay. 
Um, well, let's talk about what you liked, and then I really want to yeah. get into what you didn't like. Cool. Um, so I dug the love story in a weird way. Yeah. I liked how realistic it was in a kind of weird way. Um, often in fairy tales, it's like, there is a love story, but once, you know, it's not really grounded in anything. And this one doesn't do a great job of establishing a relationship. It does better than a lot of fairy tales do, but, um, maybe more without saying too much, the more human nature of it, the more intimate nature of it. carnal nature of it. Yeah. Like they spend some time, uh, explaining sort of the mechanics of it at one point. And they're, and Del Toro doesn't really shy away from even graphically showing some things, which I thought was an interesting take. Yeah. Um, I noticed some of the older people in front of me in the theater take getting a little bit squirmy during some of those scenes, but I thought it was cool. I thought it was a nice, a nice take on that. Yeah. It includes something that is so, I don't want to say human because obviously the amphibian man does not qualify, but something so natural. Yeah. Yeah. There's another word. Organic. Maybe organic. Yeah. Something like that. But, Something that gives some emotional credence to a physical relationship. Interesting. So I enjoyed that. Okay. Um, like it, visually, it was great. Um, I like the thematic use of color throughout. There's a lot of they set the scene like greens and reds are very different throughout the movie. Um, and I really liked Richard Jenkins' performance. Yeah. Yeah, I he, did too. He was one of my favorites. Him and, and Sally Hawkins were were two of my favorites. Okay. Definitely. Um, yeah. It's got to be really hard to play a mute person. Yeah. Like, and her just range of like facial expression and mm-hmm. emotion that she displayed was really solid acting. I was really worried about that too, because so much of American cinema is in the dialogue, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to conveying things. Yeah. So I was worried going in that maybe there wouldn't be enough there to really suck me in to her yeah. character. Um, and I don't think it was a hundred percent as good as it could have been, but it did its job for yeah. me. I think they, they definitely had to lean pretty heavy on her body language mm-hmm. and facial expressions being the inflection on the words she was saying. Yeah, definitely. And so she had to sell everything with her his physicality. I would have almost been curious to see what the movie would have been like if, cause basically what happens is she develops a way to talk to the amphibian fella mm-hmm. through sign language. Yeah. But we are getting subtitles most of the time because bright yellow subtitles pop up. And I was thinking it could be kind of cool to see what would happen if we were to interpret our sign language from his perspective, where we don't, we have to piece it together ourselves too, and slowly learn like this means egg. Yeah, that would have been kind of neat. A li- yeah, a different level. Where they leave even. you in the dark. A little bit, like, you know, well, to kind of relate. Some movies do that when people speak in foreign languages. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that quite a bit lately, actually, where you kind of just listen to the words they're saying mm-hmm. and like get the feeling of them, but not necessarily the exact words. And and then too, you are still speaking so you can pick up on inflection tones. And mm-hmm. so something like this, where you literally are just going off her hands and her facial expressions might've been tougher, but still would have made her lean more on her acting. Yeah. That would have been interesting. Yeah. I would have liked that. Yeah. Uh, things I didn't like. Yeah. And it's hard to get away from because of the nature of this type of movie, but like the one dimensional characters, like anytime I have a villain like this, it drives me nuts. Yeah. Uh, I there's a scene where Michael Shannon comes into the bathroom and um, Sally Hawkins and Octavia Spencer are having a conversation about men peeing. Yeah. And how like there's like the greatest minds, some of the greatest minds in the world are here and they can't even pee in the urinals. What to that conversation? He comes in, he's like, hey, ladies. And I was like, wow, I thought this guy was bad. Maybe he's a polite gentleman. Yeah. Then that quickly spirals out. He just starts peeing. Yeah. like And just like talking down to them. And I was like, all right, so he's a misogynist. Mm-hmm. But at least he's not a racist. Oh, they check that one later on. Like, well, at least he's not a mas. Nope, he's a masochist too. Like, there's like everything we can do to. Him. At least he's not rapey. Nope, he's he's that. He for sure is that. At least his hand isn't necrotic and fall. Nope, got that one. Yep. Um, so that and it's just like all they gave him to work with is like you are the worst. Just yep. be that. You're just the literally the worst. So to what you were saying about his acting, I think he conveys the worst very well. Yeah. But that's all. That's all it is. So I'm not really impressed. Like anybody can yell. He just he's a very convincing, angry dude. Yeah. But yeah. there's like, I don't know. He was just the angry dude. Yeah. It's like somebody giving you a slice of like a roll of dough and be like, make me a pizza. It's like, but all I have is dough. Make, make it a dough pizza. I don't know. It's not gonna be a good pizza. No. You know? It's not gonna satisfy any needs. Not if you only have dough. Right. And not even ten fingers. Right. Yeah. Eight of them. That's fair. So that was one of, and and that sort of translates into the other characters too. Like you have Octavia Spencer just kind of being the black friend with, um, with the, she gives him like the eyes, like you shouldn't be doing this or you should be doing this. The eyes with the, 
Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, like stereotypical, like black person stuff. Like we'll just have her say this kind of stuff. Cause that's what us like a, obviously you know. her relationships dysfunctional. Yeah. Like in her, in her home and they lean on that a little bit. They do dive into it a tiny bit more later on, which I thought was kind of nice, uh, but then you found out her husband's just a, he's the worst, just a big old sissy. Um, yeah. And then, but so, uh, Richard Jenkins character, like we said, is gay. Um, he's a, he's an, like an advertising painter. He's like a, a contracted freelance kind of painter guy. Yeah. They kind of made the impression that he had a stable job at yeah. some point and maybe lost it. Got just, let like off. Alcohol and, or something. Right. And then he's like, slowly the times are progressing and they're taking photographs for advertising and he wants to keep painting and all that kind of stuff. And there's a scene with him in a diner, we'll call it a diner. Yeah. That he kind of frequents. And there's a conversation late in the movie where you think you're starting to build some depth on this character and this scene adds to it, but it's a heartbreaking scene. Uh, yeah, I know which one. And I was like, okay, about. this is a secondary character that I get behind. This is there's enough here, even in this overarching plot where he's not the main attraction. I get it. I'm on board with this dude. Yeah. So I like that. Okay. But some of the characters in here were a little bit one dimensional, so which just, is fine. Maybe some of the characters fell a little flat for you. Yeah. And like, it's a fairy tale, I think, is a fair argument. And sometimes good versus evil is fine in a fairy tale. Yeah. I think I went into this with a bit more simple expectations. Mm. You know, I don't, yeah. think, you know, maybe then you, sounds like you were expecting kind of, like you said, the more monstery, um, maybe more monstery plot. Yeah. I just didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's certainly monstery elements to it. Like there's even some scary spots. I jumped like twice. Okay. Um, but it's not a monster movie. No. Arrival, not. not an alien movie. Ugh. Different expectations. Definitely. You know? Yeah. And I still don't like that movie. Yeah. Well, kind of want to watch it again though. Yeah, we like, should do I that. Think it's we should time. we should do like a revisit, like on some of our episodes where we really disagree. Yeah, watch them a year later and like rehash the conversations. You're just trying to get me to watch La La Land again. It's such a good movie. I'm gonna you don't re- have to I'm like gonna it. I'm revisit it. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, some of like the water effects in here, the underwater stuff is really cool. Yeah. Um, I dug that. Obviously, the amphibian man looks crazy cool. It was super cool. Yeah, he's like everything you wanted out of this mm-hmm. movie from Del Toro. I've decided I. So you know I don't like fishing. Um, I hate gills. Okay. They really bother me. Yeah. Just seeing them move bothers me. Okay. It's like you see a fisherman like grab his fish by the gill. It's mm-hmm. like, ugh. Yeah. So when you see gills breathe, it's just, ugh. I noticed that today. I'm just bringing that up. Okay. There's gills in this movie. Yeah. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He breathes underwater a lot. Yeah. There's a, there's a line in here where they're talking about rescuing this amphibian man mm-hmm. from the facility. And the conversation is between two characters and, and one of them says, we, it's not even human. And then another one says, well, if we don't do anything to help it, neither are we. Which is like this, one of the central moral arguments of this movie that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do for something that is not you necessarily? And it's different and scary to some people. Like, where do you draw your humanity line? Yeah. And, and what does it mean if you don't act on it or whatever? Exactly. I mean, we as humans have this weird hierarchy of like animals that it's cool to kill. Sure. True. You know what I mean? Like, it's really odd where humans, you know, have this this hierarchy of power, and we kind of just decided without speaking that mm-hmm. like this is cool and this is not like yeah, you know, it's ve- interesting. Like vegans will for sure still squish bugs. Not all of them. Some of them. Some of them. That's but, true. But you, it's just that weird. And then like most people that eat meat would never eat a puppy. Mm-hmm. You know or. You know, but rats are worthless. Right. It's very but squirrels con- are cute. Yeah, They're it's like very the same, confusing. They're real close to the same glorious thing. Glorious Bastards quote there, kind mm-hmm. of. A little bit. Yeah. So it's weird, but it's interesting. And I did like that kind of uh, conflict there. Mm-hmm. Definitely out of the humanitarian, almost like a Save the Animals type vibe, but it was Amphibian Man. Is that how you read it? Kind of, I mean, you can definitely look at it through that lens, like... I could see that. Yeah, you know, for sure you can. Insert panda bears into that if we don't right. do anything. How about, how about like insert uh, immigrants? Exactly. Or like, yeah, like on it, a more human level. That's why I, I said took it. humanitarian. Sure. You know, it can go from humanitarian to like save the animals. Mm-hmm. like Or women. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, or like transgender people. Yeah. Or just any, anybody that is different. Different religions, like... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's some like there's some religion stuff that comes up. The uh, Michael Shannon character does a lot of quoting the Bible and a lot of holier than thou kind of speeches to people. Um, he says he says to Octavia Spencer at one point he's like, um, 
you know, like they used to worship him as a God in the Amazon or whatever, Mm -hmm. but God, or we are made in, in God's image. Do you think that's what God looks like? No, God looks like you and me. Well, probably more like me. Yeah. Because you're black and you're a woman. Yeah. And I'm a man. And so he's like the top of the food chain. Yeah. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff in here too. He's he's the 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 you know, he's the big guy. Yeah. The 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 male yeah. power struggle or the male male pra- what what do they call that? Like man privilege or whatever. Mm. That gets thrown around quite a bit in this movie. Yeah, sure. But I mean, he's that overbearing, powerful force in this yeah. movie. The only person that ever checks his power to is is just another older white dude another military fatter older whiter like, dude yeah and he's even then he's still like barely you can tell he's kind of on the cusp of not really respecting him yeah but he's got rank on him i think is the, the idea you mm-hmm. kind of get the vibe that michael shannon was in the military at some point was that his character yeah thing? He like i did think some i think he worked with that somewhere general guy yeah yeah so what to yeah. say we rate this and get into our second beer it feels good uh, you go well i'm not quite i need to figure out a number first because i don't want to i don't want to gauge this one wrong yeah well, you know, I definitely see some of the shortcomings of this movie and I get what you're saying about, you know, the one-dimensional characters and 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 certain things not really hitting mm. home, but I think for me overall this movie really hit a lot of marks that that made me pretty happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it gave me everything out of the plot that I wanted. Uh, you know, sometimes movies do need to be simple, like you were mm-hmm. saying, and I think for me some of the simple characters, I mean, it really it almost dulled the movie down. And it made me focus more on on the main two characters. I that's a really good point. That I mean, that could be the direction he was trying to go because the story is about them. Yeah. So I think is the argument. Yeah. So it kind of like you know blurred the lens of mm-hmm. everything around them, and then it made their plot line seem that much more genuine. Yeah. I really enjoyed the kind of the chemistry and the romance between them, with the lack of communication, mm-hmm. and both of them feeling super isolated for like a very long time or most of their lives or whatever so that i really enjoyed their chemistry and dynamic without words Mm -hmm. was was fascinating uh overall i really really enjoyed this movie i think this is i mean it's my favorite movie that i've seen so far this year i think Um, is that right yeah I, i really really did enjoy this movie i think it is definitely worth seeing and i think it's got a good shot at best picture yeah, that's also worth noting. I think it it won two Golden Globes, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, I think one was for best original screenplay. Okay, and I can't think of the second one, but it's it's definitely going to be a contender for some things. Yeah, it is already up for best picture. Mm. Um, I'm going to be watching this one closely, but yeah, I'm a huge fan. I really like the creature, the romance element. It really it struck a chord with me being a fan of the classic, you know, movie. That it was inspired by. Overall, I'm going to give it an eight five. Okay, I, I really really liked it. Two that thumbs up good. for me. Nice man. I so I enjoyed a lot of the magical fairy tale kind of elements of it. The movie opens up with some underwater stuff, which I thought was a nice way. Especially once I finished it, it also ends kind of on that note. So I thought that was a nice arc. And a lot of the watery stuff and the magic, a lot of stuff changes in water, um, especially from Sally Hawkins' character's perspective. Um, you can tell she has a special relationship with water from the get-go. So a lot of these story points take place in and around water, which I think is great. And there's like two or three iconic scenes that I really loved. Um, I loved the amphibian man's suit and just that the way that it interacted with the world. It felt real. It looks so cool. Um, so many times you see, especially with older films, but um, when costume design wasn't necessarily up to speed, obviously. Um, they feel like a secondary thing. Like there's all these regular people and actors, and then there's like this monster, there's like this dude in a suit. But this felt really integrated into the world. Yeah. It helped that a lot of this world was wet mm-hmm. and kind of swampy and Very humid. drippy. Yeah. Um, it played nicely into that texture. Um, I think Sally Hawkins did a great job with what she had. The sign language is a cool thing. Uh, the, the only things I didn't like is what I mentioned. So I'm going to go 7.7. I think that's still an honorable, yeah. honorable mention. I would watch this again. Yeah, I think with, we should watch it again. I would like to do that. Yeah, I'll probably watch it again in a month or two, and maybe when it comes out on DVD and, and try to soak it in from a different angle. Yeah. Uh, there's a pun in there somewhere. Soak it in. Yeah. Um, but 7-7 seven, seven for me, that feels fair. Excellent. Do you want to get into this uh, second beer, or would you like to take a break? Let's take a break, and we'll hit the beer straight away in the danger zone. Come back. Spoilers will be rampant. Spoilers and beer. Beer right back. 
Johnny Summers, tell me about the handlebar here in Chico. Well, they are a dope restaurant. They just remodeled. My favorite part about them is they support us. But other than that, they've got a whole bunch of craft beer and a newly expanded menu with some delicious new food options, including hamburgers and french fries. But the best part about the handlebar, besides their new seating arrangements, is the fact that they've got happy hour every single day of the week from 2 to 6. You get $1 off every single draft beer you order. That's right. That's the Handlebar again here in Chico down at 2070 East 20th Street. They have a happy hour seven days a week from two to six. Dollar off all their draft beers. Go check them out. They're great. You can be great too. Go support them. Go be great. You've come to the end of the highway. At the end of that highway... It's the danger zone. Danger zone. We are back for our third and final segment where we break down this movie and all of the nitty gritty details like you just left the theater with us. Yes. And we're going to rip apart one last beer that hopefully is better than the first one. Yeah, it does. So while I'm opening this beer and pouring it, tell me some of the stuff that we didn't want to talk about that you were thinking. So some of this movie just caught me off guard. Was it the, the tub? Yeah, there's a lot of it, dude. So, And I know it's rated R. I went in, like every time I buy the ticket in the little kiosk, it's like under 17 requires a parent slash guardian. And most of the time I'm like, that makes sense. I know what I'm about to see. And this one, I still like, I was very confused as to what I was going into. So within like maybe the first five minutes. You're like, oh. It's like, like Sally Hawkins completely naked. Uh, then, um, and I don't mean to be crude. This is just what happened. Vigorously masturbating in the bathtub. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. This is just her routine. I get it. She's very in touch with her sexuality. Okay. On board. And then like later on in the movie, there's that final scene where like the Russian... Again, spoilers, whatever, you know, the, there's a, the there's Russian, Russian spy and like people get shot in the head and like just blood. Just, I'm like, what is happening? And like people get it's his throat when Michael, uh, I can't think of his name right now. Shannon. Shannon's throat gets slit. It's like, okay. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So there was, there was a nice balance of like the beauty and the romance to like visceral stuff. Yeah. Like, and, and Del Toro does that. You know, think, sure. think totally. Pan's Labyrinth. Yep. You get these cute kids and cute creatures and then just creepy shit. Yeah. yeah and then like what, Vidal gets his like face slit yeah. open and just like you see his teeth. Yeah. So, I mean, he's really known for that, that really just like yeah. black and white contrast of like violence to subtlety. Yeah. But I think that's great too, because in parables and fairy tales and fables, you have a lot of these good versus evil. And a lot of the time evil doesn't seem so evil. Right. But it's like, no, this is a huge reminder. Yeah. Like Snow White, the evil queen step whatever she is like poison snow white with an she dies she kills her yeah that's crazy uh-huh but it's like she just falls asleep peacefully yeah. like if, fuck that if you, she's getting murdered <laughs> if you go back and read like a lot of like the old disney fairy tales that had been made into movies and you read like what the actual stories were they're crazy like hansel right. and gretel yeah it's nuts it's brutal as shit yeah, yeah. Which is literally making pies out of children. Yeah, so I really liked that aspect of this. It caught me off guard, which I enjoy. Okay. Obviously, it's nice to be shocked. Yeah, I feel you, though, that that suddenly vigorous masturbation in the tub. Yeah, like, and it, it, it escalated, too. Like, the first time you see it, it was kind of suggested almost subtly, yeah. but not quite. And then it was just like like just water splashing. Yeah, second, like, okay. second time, she's just going to town, and you're like, yeah. I mean, it. I wasn't really expecting it, but it didn't really, it didn't put me off. But no, no, could, not at all. But I could see how it would be like, oh, like off, not off-putting, but confusing, maybe? I don't like, know. So weird. The reason I think it was necessary um, is because it set the stage for their very sexual relationship. Yeah. Right? And there's no, there's no um, standard method, like in screenwriting or in book history that I know of, where it's like, all right, this is how you direct a scene where a woman has sex with a fish man. <laughs> they just do so like I you have to you have to preface it somehow i would love to read that chapter yeah like I, but like i don't i can't think of a movie where i've seen this happen and all of their sexual interactions happened in that bathtub totally that or at like, least in the bathroom yeah right yeah I, I love that scene where she fills up the bathroom so with water cool. so cool so cool um but yeah you see him in the bo- the amphibian man in his bodysuit no genitalia at all so and then you get the vibe that i kind of have some relationship and then she's like, and it immediately cuts to her at work. And she's like pushing her little cart. And Octavia Spencer's like, what are you smiling about? Yeah, why are you so smiling? And she just keeps smiling. She goes, oh, like, like basically goes you, like, oh, no, you didn't. It's well, like, okay. Because Octavia Spencer knew that she took the amphibian man home. Right. So she's like, you didn't. Right. You did? Yeah. How? How? And they like do this hand thing where it's like a cave opening up and something unfolds. Yeah. It's like an unfurling yeah. of the amphibian man Which wiener. is very graphic when you think of like... There's, I have I have an image in my brain of what it looked like now. Not like a turtle. No, that's more of a straight like kind of 
like a like a like a jab. Yeah. This is more of a like an uppercut, but in reverse. Maybe a duck. Yeah, I don't want to dwell on this. Have you ever seen a duck wiener unfurl? Oh no, it's crazy. It just goes whoop. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. Do you know uh, pigs? Uh, curly is are curly. Yeah. They're, they're corkscrewed. Yeah. Weird. Did Nature you, is crazy. Um, you know what? It's crazy. Uh, pig uteruses like evolved into like mazes. That's nuts. To avoid like rape. Is that true? And duck. Actually, I'm sorry. That's ducks. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. But maybe pigs too. I mean, there's a lot of rape in the animal kingdom. Yeah, it's just mating. That's yeah. what we call it. Yep. Um, the point is... Either you're getting raped or you're doing a sweet mating dance. Yeah, man. Uh, that's nature. I want to touch on her throat, too. Sure. The, the neck things. Yeah, yeah. So she's got these wounds on her neck, and she was adopted. Right. And so we always just assume that like maybe she got... They're scars, not wounds. Right. Well, sc- yeah, scars. They're like not open wounds. In They're, the end, well, yeah. were they? Right. Also, the amphibian man has some sort of powers when his LED lights he go off. He is basically E.T. slash the creature from the yes, Like Yes, he exactly. Heals. Like when they wheeled him out of the hospital, that basically could have been just like a gray sweatshirt, like, mm-hmm. you know, in a yeah. bike, in a bike <laughs> basket. It's like, you're, this been... is E.T., <laughs> uh, which was fine. So know. true. Yeah, but um, so he's got these weird powers. Mm-hmm. He heals people kind and, of. And he's got these dope like blue lights all over his body, very Avatar-esque. Mm-hmm. And they have this moment where they he touches heads with the gay neighbor. Yeah, who is bald, by the yeah, way. Yeah, they touch their hand, each other's hands to their heads. Each other's heads. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You touch my head, I touch yours. Correct. Like, we kind of bond and maybe some interlinking thoughts or something. The next day, the neighbor wakes up with hair. Correct. Crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, she's got these, like, three little scars on the side of her neck. And we assume that maybe she just got, like, attacked by something mm-hmm. or... Like <clears throat> tiny Wolverine stabbed sure. her when she yeah. was a child. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, Logan, weird mm-hmm. kid. You never know. Um, <sighs> and in the end of the movie, they turn into gills. Yeah. Did you read that as like they had always been gills just waiting to be awoken? That's what I was cu- curious about. Like maybe. Almost like she always had this sexuality or this love waiting to well, bloom. Also, she came from somewhere in South America. mm you know, they made a point. She, she was somewhere in Mexico or South America, yeah. which is where that thing kind of originated sure. from. So maybe there was some. Like, what sort would that of, even mean? Like maybe, maybe that he like she's a child, like a descendant of him. Like I don't get it. Maybe, maybe there's a species or something that she's part of, or I don't know. Because if they weren't gills all along, what would they have been? Because those were really like symmetrical. Yeah, you know right. there was three very evenly spaced scars mm-hmm. on each side of her neck. Yeah, it's true. So, I don't know. I don't either. I mean, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying that what else? What the hell else would they have been? Yeah, and 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 yeah, you know we should talk about too that that cutaway black and white scene. <laughs> that just got silly. Did, so you didn't like that? It was. I did. I was wondering if he was like healing her voice. That's what I was thinking too at first. Yeah, and then it broke down into a full black and white show tune-y. Like dance sequence? If you don't remember the scene, basically they're sitting at the dinner table and she is telling him how much he means to her essentially. And she slowly and quietly starts to say those words. And there's a great light effect. That was a great practical effect with lighting. Mm -hmm. All the lights dim around except this one spotlight on her. It gets really, really contrasty black and whites and it slowly fades into pure black and white. And she's on a soundstage with him. They're both like doing a number from a not completely out of the blue because they've there have been a lot of classic movies throughout this film. They're yeah. like on the TV with Richard Jenkins' character and they live above a theater where they also play old movies. So it makes sense. She listens to a lot of them and does some dancing stuff and all that. But that scene was weird for me and it didn't work. Yeah, it was kind of odd. Yeah. Especially because once, once they came back to reality, he wasn't really even into it. He was like back eating a cat or something. Oh, yeah, he was. He ate a cat. He was eating something. That's he, was, he was eating eggs, but... He yeah. did eat a cat. The least favorite part of the movie was when you ate the cat. I know you hated that. It was rough. Yeah. I was not a fan. You saw the just cat without its head. Yeah, I was just, <laughs> just like, oh, oh. Yeah, I was like, justice uh, for my allergies. Yeah, screw your allergies. Anyways, so I didn't love that scene. I could see how you might love it if you did, but I don't. Yeah, it didn't really work for me. Yeah. It was kind of like that one episode of Stranger Things where Eleven just went off and did mm-hmm. her own thing. Mm-hmm. It was just in there for no reason. See, I don't think that's true. I'm sure, oh, obviously, there was a reason to put it in there, but- it just didn't land. Like the I, episode or this part of the movie? Sorry, this part of the movie. Okay. I totally agree with what you're saying with Stranger Things. Uh, that episode did not belong. It didn't land. Same, no. same thing. And like, there was no just, reason. Like it was stupid. No. And I was like, I don't understand. I mean, yeah, I get it. I get what it, they were going for, but you didn't need it. It was weird. Yeah. 
that's pretty much that little snippet. Right. I didn't didn't need it. But yeah, it was just it just didn't work for me. So yeah. I don't want to dwell on it anymore. We have one more beer to cover in our last uh, last bit here. Yeah. What do we got? We've been keeping them waiting for a while. Yeah. We are drinking a collaboration between Against the Grain Brewery and Stillwater Artisanal. Cool. Yeah. This beer is called Found Word. It is a hoppy lager with pink guava. All about it. I'm very interested to see how this one tastes. So their description, uh, I'm going to let you, you read this description. Oh, boy. I don't understand it. Great. Here we go. Yeah. First try. What's going to happen when Stumke comes to town? Is that the part you didn't get? I don't know who Stumke is. That's always the question for one of Beer's biggest rock stars, or maybe he's hip-hop. I'm not sure. Whatever it is, it's always about more than the beer with this collaboration with Stillwater Artisanal. So this hoppy guava lager is going to be good to drink, but that's not all. The can is a word find, so you can interact with Strumke and I without the lingering side effects. It's 6%. All right. I don't know who that is either. I don't either, so we have to figure out who Stumke, S-T-U-M-K-E. There's no R in there? Nope. Oh, shoot. Sorry about that. I think I was saying one. Strumke. Stumke. Yeah. S-T-U-M-K-E. What the hell are you? Uh, So I like both of these breweries quite a bit. I don't know if you've had much from Against the Grain or Stillwater. Yeah, I love them both. Okay. More from Against the Grain. Yeah, huge fan. Everything Against the Grain has done, I've I've really enjoyed, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've had a bad beer from them. And Stillwater, they make weird stuff. They do. They make some really weird shit. So I was very interested to see how this one turns out. Kind of wish I haven't been drinking coffee the whole time. Yeah, it does kind of mess you up, huh? Yeah, I'm going to drink a bunch of water before we record again. Deal. But this beer... Is delicious. Yeah, it's got a nice, nice lagery kind of, kind of color to it. A little bit darker than a traditional lager, which I'm not sure why. What do we say it was six point five percent? Six percent. Six percent. Yeah, it's really pretty. Yeah, it is. It's almost like champagne-y. Um, yeah, and you drink it fast, and it's nice and creamy, and it's got a really nice mellow guava, like not in your face with fruit at all, right. which I like. Yeah, yeah, and I love, I love lagers, so. This pair, this is a really nice combination. Yeah, it is very crisp. Um, whenever I hear guava, I am, my palate's immediately just okay. Here we go. It's yep. gonna be sweet. We're, it's gonna be big. We're Let's do this. Dive face first into a guava. And this is not that. No, which is nice. I actually only get any guava on the back burner. Exactly. Just kind of settles into a nice, mm-hmm. like a Kern's can of nectar. Just kind of that after test. Yeah, aftertaste. It lingers in the aftertaste, but it's really not up front. Up front, it's all hoppy lager. Yep, it's all, yeah. But yep. with a nice fruit finish. It yeah. really evens out the bitterness. It's a little bit uh, carbonated for my taste, or at least what I would want this to be. Yeah. It feels a little bit too bubbly. Okay. Almost too creamy in a weird way. Yeah. Um, like even if you look at, my cup isn't as uh, demonstrative of this, but yours has a nice bit of lacing and head still. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like when I've had a lot of lagers, they tend to be a little bit less effervescent. Did you know that's a sign of a dirty glass? Uh, I thought it was a sign of a non-rinsed glass. Same thing. I rinsed this glass, so I don't know. Maybe it is dirty. It could be. Huh. Mine's clean. Sucker. <laughs> Yours is also like three or four times bigger than mine. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything in the context of germs, but... Yeah. You know. Or... Yeah. What? <laughs> sure. <laughs> three yeah. or four times. Or duck heads. It's like a baby's arm. <laughs> right. <clears throat> um... So, yeah, what do you think about this beer? It's good. Would you drink it again? Yeah, I'm hoping to drink it after I finish this one. I'd like to have a little more in my glass and then drink it again. Do we have more left? Yeah. Sweet. You should um, aggressively pour that in there so All it right. releases more of the carbonation. Yeah, so you guys, for for no other reason, should just get this beer for the crossword on the back. Note the the texture and the, the pleasing... It's uh, a matte. It's a matte finish. Pleasing on can. can design. Very, very pleasing can design. I gravitated toward it towards it immediately just because of the cool can design and there's an actual word find on it. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um yeah. This is also available at Spikes. It just came in today, I believe, January 30th, but so when you're listening to this it came in a while ago. Right. Um tell me what you would say this is. F U Q D A T G A I. Fuquedicate? I read fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. And that's not random because there's some that are yellow and some that are white. Mm. And I think the yellow ones make words. Do they? I think you're supposed to to find the words. I don't know. You can find a white word. You tell me. I'm going to cough until I die for now. I don't know, man. Mm -hmm. I saw... I found cult. Cult? Uh Uh-huh. Oh. What color is it? Um, I lost it. 
That's uh, yellow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah, I feel like it's not really a word find. It's more like here's some words that we put in a bunch of letters. That's a word find. <clears throat> That's true. But like, <laughs> That's the definition of a word find. <laughs> but more like, you know, we surrounded real sentences Nor- that are written in yellow. I found Nora. Yeah. I found eroded. One time, I, when I was about eight or nine, we had a family computer, and I opened up a Word document, and I wrote swear words. I would write, like, like shit, and then write a bunch of letters. No spaces, right? It's mm-hmm. all one word to be confusing. Then I'd write another bad word. I wrote all the ones that I knew with, like, seven or eight letters in between. Thinking I was sly. I don't even know why I did it. And like a day later, my mom was like, what is this? Uh, like obviously she could see right through Yeah, like that. these are a bunch of words. You know, you can't yeah. say that. Those are swear words. Yeah. You're not fooling anybody. What's wrong with you, you mook? You shit. Oh, yeah. She didn't say any of that. You shit heel. Right. I want to bring that one back. Shit heel? Yeah. I don't. I've stepped in too much poop with these boots. I'm not interested in that oh, word Oh, they're anymore. Red Wing boots. They, they deserve some character. They right. deserve to step in a puddle of blood once before you die. Deal. My own blood, probably. Maybe. Yeah. Better than your own shit heel. That's a good point. Yeah. Although I've heard at the time of death, those often intertwine. That's after. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You'll be long dead before you shit your pants. Unless you die of scaredness, because sometimes people poop when they are scared. That's true. I don't. I don't get scared ever. <laughs> I'm not. I'm ever. not frightenable. Max has never been scared in his whole life. No. That's amazing. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, well, if you're listening to this, it's mid-January, and if you're in any of the cities that Max is touring in, go check them out. Yeah, it's mid-February. Yeah, it's mid-February. Yeah. Check his website and his Facebook. He could be coming to a town near you Yeah, if you live in California. Or- Actually, yeah, at this point, if, we're, if we are mid-February when you're hearing this, I will be in uh, the northern part of California and Oregon and Washington, specifically like Eugene and Portland and Seattle. So there if you're go. hearing this and you live there, hit me up um, however you want. You can reach out to me on our stuff and I will respond probably. Yeah, and also by now your mm-hmm. album has dropped. I actually, uh, did I not bring it up? I brought one to show you, but... Cool. It's not in here right now. So your album has dropped. Yes. Sweet. Yes. Got him. And also, this is is February, and Max is gone, and I'm bored. Yep. So hit me up. Deal. Uh, we we have to rate this. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like this beer, dude. I do too. I'm gonna give it a nine. It's maybe Whoa. the best okay. fruited lager I've ever okay. had. Usually, right. fruited lagers are shit. This is a. I don't rate overall beers. No, I know you don't. I'm just clarifying in case we have any new listeners that have listened this long. You rate by style and by your taste. Exactly. So as far as hoppy, fruited lagers go, this is a 9 out of a 10. This is maybe the best one I've ever had. Yeah, but then what if you got a can tomorrow that was like hoppy, fruited, salty lager? And you'd be like, well, this is the best hoppy, fruited, salty lager I've Uh, ever had. That'd be more like a goza. Like, shouldn't That's true. Shouldn't this just qualify under lagers? Yeah. Because then you get stuff like, what's what's Noah? Noah's a stout. No, it's a it's something more specific. No, it's a, it's a pecan mud cake stout. Yeah, that's how they call. That's not even like the adjuncts. In it. it is the adjuncts, but that's also what they call it. Yeah, it's a stout. Whatever I just said. Pecan mud cake stout. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is the best pecan mud cake stout I've ever had. Or is it just like a really good stout? It's just a really good. That's stout. what I'm getting at. So like, oh. this is just a lager, isn't it? Like, there's no category for fruited lager, or maybe there is, but is it that big? Is it worth I mean, its own category? Would you say there's a category for fruited IPAs? Because there's a shitload of them, and we rank them differently than regular uh, IPAs. I guess. I mean, I guess so. But like, where do you draw the line? Fruited and non-fruited. It's really that simple for me. All right. Like fruited IPAs, non-fruited IPAs. I mean, they're definitely two subcategories. That's true. Yeah. I guess that's true. It makes more sense with IPAs. I guess maybe I've been exposed to more of those. Well, I mean, you could say the same thing about fruited lagers, fruited pilsners, fruited stouts. Right. There's some terrible fruited stouts. There are. And I wouldn't rate the best fruited stout I've ever had against the best barrel-aged stout I've ever had. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for me. But that's barrel-aged, too. Like, even against the best or just, stout, I bet. Yeah, just yeah. regular stout. Like, a fruited, non-fruited, it's not going to be in the same universe. Yeah. So, I guess my line in the sand is just fruit. Okay. Well, for me, this collab is 7.7 as well. So, which, with that. which half of the collab scored higher? I think it's got to be against the grain. I think so too. Because I think they are the fruit part. By the way, I hope they are. They made a beer called um, Sauvignon. What is it? So uh, Nelson Sauvignon or like something like that. Nelson Suavin. Nelson Suavin. Yeah, Suavin. It was like Nelson Sauvignon. Yeah, and he's on the can, just looking all suave. That's a good beer. Rico Suavin. Rico Suave. Rico Sauvin is what it was. Yeah, yeah. That beer was really good. It was maybe made with Nelson hops. Uh, I'm gonna. That's my last fact of the day. I want to figure that out. All right. Um, because I want to know, because that is one of my favorite against the grain beers. Word. Now that one's really good. Rico Salvin. Salvin. 
Um, and I feel like there's definitely some wine stuff in this. Otherwise, what's the Salvin from? I don't know. Oh, no, Nelson Salvine Hops. Okay. I was going to say, I just remember it being super hoppy. Named after the Sauvignon Blanc. I love the can. It's Their cans are so gross. Uh, <laughs> like, all the dudes are just, ugh. One of my friends was out in Kentucky, and she brought me back, like, a poster-sized laminated print of the brown note. Ugh. I love it. Yeah. That's a good beer, though. I'm going to frame it and put it in, um, once I buy a house, I will ideally have my own bathroom. There you go. That's going in there. Nice. Yeah, right above the toilet. Yeah, man. Either that or just, you know. Or at the dinner table. Just <laughs> <laughs> right above the kitchen. You hungry? Sink. No, more for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I served up some nice chocolate pudding. Yeah. Uh, okay. What Say we end this. Go back, record some ads. Yep. Stick them in the middle during those breaks. I'm going to stick it right in the middle of your episode. Uh, oh. And then come back and do another episode that people will hear next week. Yeah, let's do it. Great. We're double dipping pre-recording. We're from the past. You're in the future. We got to go. See ya. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.